Hey, 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 this is One American Podcast, and we are live with J.D. Rucker. J.D., how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks again for uh, coming on. J.D. and I go way back. We've shared, I don't know, maybe 15 words. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I thought, uh, where's he going with this? And then, oh, sarcasm. Great. I need to make another note. This is like the first time I've ever spoken to him. (laughs) Yeah. So, so um, I noticed that we were added to the same uh, Twitter messenger group. I think that's how I found you. And uh, I thought that you'd be a cool guy to have on the show. I know very little about you other than that you're a cool guy. So can you give me this? Well, can you give you, me the skinny? <laughs> you clearly know nothing about me if you think I'm cool because I'm pretty pretty darn lame actually. Um, <laughs> I'm a podcaster. I have. NOQReport.com. I'm co-founder of FreedomFirstNetwork.com. Uh, we also publish at AmericanConservativeMovement.com, ConservativePlaybook.com, BasedUnderground.com, TruthBasedMedia.com, Uncancelled.News, ConservativePlaylist.com. I think that's it. Um, I'm also no Q. Is it a Q? Is it Q non-related? NOQ. No, 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 just NOQ stands for News Opinions and Quotes. Even though John B. Wells told me that it should be News Opinions and Questions. Mostly because I don't really do quotes anymore, <laughs> so uh, it, it, that was a you know a concept that we came up with in 2017. It's like, hey man, we'll make like memes and of quotes, and people will share it, and it, it really never worked out. So thinking about changing it, actually, we're probably just going to move everything over to a new website soon. Um, so we're breaking news right now, right here, awesome on, on this show. What's the name of the show? One American Podcast. One American podcast. We are breaking this news right now on the One American podcast. Um, so, congratulations, sir. You should be honored. And I am. Thank you. Not- I feel I feel very honored, and I think you're <laughs> super cool now that you're on my show. So, <laughs> hey, there we go. There we go. I'll send you a diploma. It'll be about. It'll be worth as much as one from Harvard. Nice. I generally do research. I know that that my good buddy Jeff Dornick. Um, you yes. get on, on his show or vice versa. Yeah. And, you know, I was meaning to do research and then today just got away from me. And yeah. I never actually, I don't go into interviews blind usually, but well, at least I don't intend to. It seems like it happens about half the time. So yeah. I don't even know. Are, 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 are you an American citizen? Yes, I am. I are you born a conservative, and raised in libertarian, leftist, mm. progressive, radical? It's funny. It's, uh, um, that's actually how I named the podcast because I was tired of people asking me if I was a Republican or a Democrat. So I guess I, I'm just one American. Uh, yeah. Democrats tend to think that I'm a radical right wing Republican and Republicans tend to think that I'm, uh, I don't know what they think. They tend to humor, humor, the humor when they disagree with me because I agree with them on the, on the more important issues. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't say that I'm a libertarian because I believe that government should exist in some form or another. But um, uh, it seems to me the libertarians have kind of gone closer to like an anarchist type bend than, you know, maybe they used to be 100 years ago. And I'm not Probably an optional. anarchist. Right. But I believe in individual liberty, Second Amendment stuff. Um I can I consider myself a Christian though most Christians probably wouldn't because I'm a I'm a very secular Christian, um, uh, so I'm conservative in that sense. But I don't know I have I don't line up with any party really perfectly. It's hard for me to. to I'm an independent. Yeah. So how do you like that? How's it working out? It's, it, it's <laughs> easy during primaries. I just don't vote. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. No kidding. Do you think there's ever going to be a third party in America? Yeah, we tried. A, vi- a viable so, uh, one, you know? So it would take it would take a Trump, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I'm talking somebody of of that stature with, you know, we're talking at least bare minimum $2.5 billion in, in backing in order mm-hmm. to, to get a, a viable third party. So the, the challenge there is, you know, you can get a third party started. You can get it going. You can get it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that stuff is easy, as the libertarians have proven for the last last three decades. It's easy to get a party right. going, but you have to be able to break through the atmosphere. You have to be able to to achieve um, enough velocity to be able to actually make it into that space, because everywhere outside of, of that space is where the Republicans and the Democrats reside. That's why they have control. Mm-hmm. And nobody's been able to get enough enough speed, enough momentum to be able to do that. Um, it's kind of like you can take a 747, you can get it up, you know, 30,000 feet, 
but you'll never take it into space. It just can't happen. And so unless you were to take somebody like a Trump and, um, you know, or even an Obama, you know, we'll, we'll take it from the other side. You know, uh, let's say Obama decides that he wants to, he, the, the Democratic Party has been, has gone too far to the left. And he wants to have more of a common sense centrist party, you know, that mm-hmm. will end up still being too far to the left, but whatever, you know, he could probably <laughs> pull it off with, with enough financial backing. But outside of probably those two men and maybe a handful of others, or say raise the amount to, to five to $10 billion, um, no, you could not have a viable third party. There's just not, you can't get the groundswell and it's just too hard. You know, our greatest strength right now to be able to do something like that would be the internet. And our greatest weakness for being able to do something like that right now would be the internet because yeah, yeah. we have the attacks coming from both sides. So, so no. And the censorship too is a, whole other, is a whole other issue. I mean, with the Weinsteins, they tried to do, was it the Project Unity or Unity 2020 where they, they tried to kind of do this newfangled thing and not that it would have ever worked, but the fact that it was just immediately censored is really kind of interesting. Yeah, but, but I mean, but they were all, it wasn't just censored. They were, but they were kind of cheating. So mm. let's, let's throw I, that I'm out I'm not familiar with well. that. Yeah, just, please, please enlighten me. No, no, it's not a big deal. It's just uh, there was a little bit of um, they got busted doing some. No kidding. What did they do? Social, nothing bad. Just, just oh. you know, fake accounts, bot accounts, bot purchased accounts. You know, stuff. I, I was just today, as a matter of fact, for for the same thing, not from them, but from uh, from a conservative conservative news outlet. It's like, hey, would you like to be paid to promote our site? It's like, God, uh, yeah, no, I so. Do you think that's, you know, I've thought about this a lot. I'm, I'm in digital marketing for as a career. And um, do you think that that was something that, that Unity 2020 did? Or do you think that it was just sort of a rogue fan, you know, kind of went, went crazy? Because I thought, man, you know, they ban accounts for buying fake followers. What if somebody just bought AOC, like, you know, 10 million followers overnight? Well, no, so no, no. <laughs> keep mind, so, so they, no, I mean, they, they don't. They don't ban accounts for, for buying fake followers. That's, mm. that's uh, they'll, they'll ban them for buying sock puppets they'll buy them they'll ban them for for purchasing tweets let's say or facebook likes but but buying followers is something that that's actually there's nothing in the terms of service that says that that that's against the the rules um artificially inflating an account is not illegal artificially inflating a a post is against the terms of service so so you would have to Somebody would have to, and, and here's the thing: is that you know, Twitter and Facebook. As much as I dislike both of them, they've both mm-hmm. they've both been been through this, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of times already. They know how to recognize what's real and what's fake. And I'm certain that there have been people who have gone out and and tried to do exactly what you just said, which is to right. try to sabotage an account by by uh, you know going to making it framing them, making it look like yeah, you know their, what the sites are terms. called. Um, what is it? Uh, Mechanical Turk, I think, is is one of the old ones. I don't know if it's even still around, but you know, going there and saying, "Hey, I'll pay five cents for for re- retweets on AOC's account," you know, and uh, they they would recognize it. They would be able to determine. They probably have have people there that that, that will tell them, "Hey, yeah, this this was purchased in in uh, Scandinavia by by uh, Boris." You know, this wasn't an, an AOC move. So, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Do you think that? Um... Do you think that the social media platforms have been fair in the way that they've enforced their terms, or do you think that the censorship is intentionally one-sided that we've no, of seen? Course. Yeah, there's there's no, no fairness involved in social media. It's, they're, they're not platforms. These are content content networks that take advantage of platform protection through Section 230, but that you can't consider them to be actual platforms you know, because they do put editorial bias into it. That's unambiguous. They, they could say all day before Congress that they don't, except they do. It's mm-hmm. it's demonstrable. They absolutely, positively, one hundred percent do, and so, you know. But I mean, what are we supposed to do about it? We have a feckless yeah. GOP in in Congress and a uh, and a Democratic Party that actually likes what's happening. So nothing's ever going to happen with Section two hundred and thirty or with with these protections unless somebody, a private citizens, take it and they go through the court system. If they can get the evidence out through the court system and not stop waiting around for legislation or signing petitions or calling for boycotts or this, that, or the other then there could actually be something that could happen. But right now, you know, the prospects of that happening are nil. Mm-hmm. Well, the idea that, that Twitter and Facebook would be held liable for any content on their platform is, is sort of the other direction is, is alarming too. Because, I mean, I, I understand that they're not exactly platforms because 
half the tweets I see in my feed have disclaimers that have been added by Twitter, right? And so they're, they're certainly they're certainly adding their own the, uh, position into the into the content that's consumed on these platforms, so to speak. But the, the idea that they could be held liable, say, if a mass shooter live streamed, you know, uh, right, react, right, no, so, right? So, so I guess new legislation would have to come in to protect them, despite the fact that they're. No, I mean, yes. I, Section two thirty, in principle, is is absolutely necessary. Okay, the the concept of it does make sense, and this is where it comes down to actions that are taken. You have to have number one. You have to have a reasonable sense of legality when it comes to to something like that. Like you said, a mass shooter goes on Facebook. Facebook, you know, um, if somebody wants to sue, they would have to demonstrate that Facebook was made aware that it was escalated to the appropriate people and that mm-hmm. then they did not take action. That's different. Right. Okay. That's similar to what's already happening with Twitter right now with the uh, lawsuit by the parents of the, the 14 year old well, at, at the time, 13 and 14 year olds whose pictures were put up on, on Twitter and shared widely, you know, through oh, DMs. Is this, is, this the, is this the human or the, was it child sex? Uh, was it child porn? Is that yeah. what it was? Or yeah, it was child porn. It was illegal content. They were, Twitter was made aware they said they replied to the mother of the victim that they did not see it as as a problem. And it wasn't until seven days later when the Department of Justice intervened and demanded that they take it down. That's when Twitter Twitter finally said, oh, okay, fine. Now, a, a situation like that where, again, an illegal action was taken, was used, the, the platform was used for, for illegal distribution of child porn. Mm-hmm. The platform was made aware of it. The platform willfully declined to take down the content and allowed it to stay up until you got Washington, D.C. and literally the Department of Justice to make a call and to get it finally taken down. Should they be held accountable for that? Absolutely. Because that's mm-hmm. not something where where it's like, oh, you know, well, you know, it was a, it was a mistake or it flew under the radar. They they looked at it and determined this is acceptable content it's illegal but it's acceptable on twitter so what now, do you think happened there do you think that they didn't believe the person was underage do you think that it was just a bad employee that was like just clicking through and just declining every appeal like what happened it i don't know i don't know the details I just know the storyline behind the details and the storyline itself is damning i'm not suggesting that, that facebook that twitter is guilty sure, i'm suggesting sure. that that the evidence that we know of and the evidence that the judge has seen has allowed the case to go forward. And that's a righteous push. Okay. That's something where, okay. So now that's, that's a lawsuit that makes sense. Okay. It it passes the smell test. It seems to be, you know, now, now let's find out what the details are and determine if there is guilt. Let's determine if there was, were, uh, there needs to be damages paid. You know, and I'm not again. I'm not taking a side on that. Sure, I'm sure. just saying that I'm glad the that the judge pushed forward despite Section 230, because again, we're talking about legality here. You cannot use a, a an obscure code to say, "Oh, yes, it's illegal, but it's okay because they're protected." I'm not a big mm-hmm. fan of that. Right. Do you think that there's any? Do you think there's any? Um, speech that should not be protected do you think that it do you think that it should be legal to be able to yell fire in a crowded theater as a classic example so i'll give you a better example i love it let's say <laughs> let's say uh you know i'm i'm happily married for nearly three decades i have four children congratulations so this hypothetical thank you this hypothetical is very different from reality but let's say i had a girlfriend okay and let's say that that we broke you're up. You're a cool guy. Yeah, we're I'm a cool that. guy. I mean, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't date this, right? Uh, so, so you know, uh, I, I have this girlfriend. We break up, you know, on bad terms. And I should I be allowed to say, hey, Twitter, hey, Facebook, you know, here's a picture of my girlfriend, not naked, not nude, you know, just a a, a, a legal picture of of my girlfriend. She's mm-hmm. hot. She likes this. She likes that. Here's her address. Here, her key. Her key is, you know, hidden here. She keeps a spare key right here, and she takes Ambien at around midnight on Tuesdays, and she is out cold, you know, for at least three or four hours. Okay, mm-hmm. should I be allowed? Is that is that protected speech? I didn't break the law. Okay, I didn't didn't technically break the law there. An awfully shitty thing to do. 
it is, you know, but but should, you know, and then, of course, if something goes and happens to her, should I be held liable for that? That's the question is, is, is free, you know, did I break, I didn't tell anybody to do anything. I didn't, you know, pay a hitman or a, or a racist some facts, right? I just listed some facts, some facts. You're right. So does that make me, you know, is that protected speech? I would say not, you know, um, I think that the vast, vast, vast majority of speech should be protected, but I'm not an absolutist when it comes to this. I am a right on the edge. Okay, the, what people call hate speech, I think it's free speech. You know, for the for the most part, you know, if I were to if I were to say, you know, I shouldn't get. Now, let's be clear: there's a difference between cancel culture and you know legal um, the legalities behind speech. Sure, so, sure. if I were to say, you know, oh man, you know, well, I'm not even going to say it because because <laughs> it's hard for me <laughs> to even say these things because you're also talking to to basically a prude who who very rarely if ever curses let alone sure well, and, and, and it, it could be it could be a bannable offense too on, on youtube <laughs> <laughs> you're right it's funny that's it crossed my mind it's like well if i say that is that gonna get me canceled um you know yeah yeah that's true point is i'm not i'm not an absolutist i think that there are scenarios that you know, like sure. you said, is it legal to to walk into a building and you know make a, a statement, you know, fire, yell fire in a burning theater that ends up killing four people who get trampled because you know even though there was no fire and your intention was to kill them, should that be protected speech? I don't think so mm-hmm. either. So how do you how do you make a system, a legal system or legislation that can make those those type of instances illegal? without creating a slippery slope yeah i mean you can't <laughs> right you're you're asking the million dollar question there right. uh, we all have our like different... jordan peterson says who determines what's offensive <laughs> right exactly <laughs> you know and i mean i think that i think when it, when it really comes down to is is you know is speech intended to harm mm-hmm. and i'm not talking about harm someone's feelings right is speech intended to to you know, cause is speech used in the act of a crime or on or to set up as a predicate for a crime, um, you know, even a minor crime. Should that be the consideration? And I would say that's as close to my view of, of acceptable as possible. You know, should I be able to go to go yell a a, um, a racial slur at somebody in public? It depends. You know, it depends upon the situation. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I hate to say it, but that's kind of, it really depends. I know, it's just a funny answer. <laughs> so like, what, what do you mean? So like, what would be an appropriate time to shout a racial slur? Well, again, <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking about legal, not appropriate. Legally, legally. Okay. All right, all right. I'm not saying Fair it's enough. appropriate. I'm saying, should I go to jail if I were to I see, see you in the, in the, uh, you know, did I break the, the, you know, Am I breaking free? Um, am I breaking hate speech laws? If I say, you know, whatever, I don't. Again, no need to repeat it. You understand what I mean when I say I racial slurs. I understand. You know, um, you know, was it was my intention to do emotional harm? You know, yes, that's why people use racial slurs. Should that be illegal? Probably not. You know, and again, I'm not a, I'm not a, a, an attorney here, but I also, you know, I'm not. I do have at least a certain sense of of understanding and here's the important part if there's a takeaway to all this it's that the chances of free speech getting out of hand are far less than the chances of our first amendment rights being suppressed so if i'm looking at this just from an odds perspective okay i'm going to err on the side of of free speech because the the attacks going in the other direction are far more prevalent and today far louder than anything that we can say and do. It's funny. I got retweeted by Candace or I I wrote a story about, so are you familiar with the Candace Owens Aspen uh, COVID test? Yeah. I saw you got retweeted yesterday, last night, I think. Right. Yeah. 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 So, Mm -hmm. so in the, so the, the, Reason I bring that up, I'm, I'm not name dropping. Hey, I got no, 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 that's fine. Talk about comes out. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> the reason I was saying that is because I got to experience. I generally have, a, you know, I have a pretty tame Twitter account, but um, you know, and I'm blessed with not having a whole ton of trolls that are out there 
who who attacked me because she retweeted it. I was copied on. You know, I got all these comments every time somebody comes in there and, and says something. I get copied on it. You know, it's in my notifications. Mm-hmm. And so, so that was like, oh, you know, wow, this is really eye opening. And everybody's like, oh, you know, you're so basically you're saying bake the cake, bigot, and and this stuff. You know. Um, you guys are, are hypocrites on that. And here's the thing is that the article itself and the actions that she's taken, none of them were, were against this person's right to run their own business, right to, to say whatever they want to say, right to deny service. This all came down to, to, you know, us, both her and me pointing out the lunacy of what we're seeing, the, the potential, not just hypocrisy, but more importantly, the, the tyranny that can evolve from this. And tyranny doesn't just have to come from government. I know by definition it does, but what we're seeing right. is the that oppression from local businesses, from from educators, from people in authority, not just government people. You know, everybody is starting to become a COVID vaccine nanny. And I'm, again, I'm coming in blind. So for all I know, you're out there, you're out there with uh, Jill Biden uh, pushing for vaccines all day. So, no, so I'm, I I am uh, as opposed to vaccines as you can possibly be, yet still have one. So I got the J&J <laughs> vaccine, go. but I like line up with every single anti-vaccine talking point. <laughs> well, okay. So well, at, least you, at least you got the direct spike proteins. And, That's and what spike I did. I got, an, I got so. a pre-existing condition. We had a baby that was born really early, and I know babies never die from it. So don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm familiar with the issue. But I just decided, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the risk and get the vaccine. And, hey, um, you know. But no, but no I, I hate I, this was back in April and this is like before things started to get really heated in the argument. I think that if I would have waited to get the vaccine and seen the um, the authoritarianism that was really going to come into the conversation, I probably on principle wouldn't have. Um, but, you know, I just thought it's J&J. How many they've only been in a few lawsuits. <laughs> so I got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm gonna, you guys I, take I understand care. why people don't I understand why people don't want to get it. I totally understand uh, why people are reluctant. I, yeah. I, I, I made a tweet about it. And I said, you know, it's like um, it's like uh, if you were to go into uh, a gas station and grab a Snickers bar and you buy it. And as you're walking out, the clerk says, by the way, you're crazy. If you think there are any razors in that Snickers bar, you'd be like, are there? And I feel like the left, the way they've acted about the vaccine has made people more reluctant to get the vaccines than they would have been had nobody ever said anything. You know, it's like, sure. <laughs> and so I don't know. And I, I think there's, there's good science, um, you know, supporting the uh, side effects as being an issue. I think what's happening is that I think a lot of people on the right are um, over calculating the side effects. And a lot of people on the left are just pretending that they don't exist at all. When I think both of those are mistakes, but I could be sure. wrong. No, I, th- I think that's fair, you know, and I think, yeah, I think. That, I hope you don't uh, hate me because I got a vaccine now. Oh, no, 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 I've got, I have many friends. I actually had. It's funny. See, I told you you were I cool. Had... You have many friends. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a motif, man. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Lieutenant General Tom McInerney had gotten the first shot of. I don't remember if it was Pfizer or Moderna, and he went and. Uh, yeah, it was, he was actually going in to get something something else done with skin treatment. And uh, he actually, his doctor said, hey, while you're here, you know, you just go down and get the shot. This is early on. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So he gets his jab and then he gets, he calls uh, his doctor friend who's not, who's not a, you know, his doctor, but who's a friend who is a doctor. And she's like, no, you know, suck, suck out the poison, you know, get, get somebody to yeah. suck on your arm, get, you know, and, um, and since then, you know, he has become you know, very adamantly opposed. But the reason I bring him up is because, you know, I think he does fall in line with, with what you're saying as far as why, why is it so hard for us to get the message out about mm-hmm. the vaccines? I think a lot of it starts with, um, we're making them sound um, so bad that people don't think it's real. They think it's just conspiracy theory. Yeah. Here's the problem though, is that the Alex Jones effect. Yeah, but here's the thing: is that in many ways the facts are so bad, right? That you have to almost tone them down in order to get people to to look at them, and then you know, kind of ramp it up slowly versus just hitting them with with you know whatever you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I think from an anecdote from an anecdotal standpoint, I've been fortunate enough not to know personally a single person who's been hospitalized from COVID. 
However, I do personally know several people who have been hospitalized after taking the vaccine. Yeah. Several, I mean, well, I mean three or four, maybe two or three, seven, three. Yeah. I mean, but how many friends do you have? Like nine? So that's like most of them. Right. Right. Like 33% of the people I've spent yeah, time it's like, with. It's like a plurality. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is, you know, that's within the margin of error, statistically speaking. Spoken like uh, a true yeah. popular kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, um, <laughs> you know, it is. It is hard. And you're right. I think that they say on one side, you say, they say there's no side effects. On the right. other side, they say that, that anybody who takes it is, is doomed to die. You know, they're, right. they're not going to see 2022, you know, the legions should start popping up on their skin at any moment. Um, and we do, we do need to look at this in scientifically. And this is where we go back to both mainstream media and big tech as being, I think the root cause to the lack of discourse. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't say anything. You can't no. even mention the word ivermectin, okay? I posted a tweet today that showed the difference in deaths per 100,000 people in Africa, where ivermectin is, is readily available to about half the population, okay, over the counter. And you know, it shows the ivermectin, ivermectin um, countries and then non-ivermectin countries, and it shows the graph of, of deaths. Didn't India it's issue not even it? Close. Didn't India yeah. just issue it to the population? Mm-hmm. Yes. How did it work? You know, um, I don't know. See, you but know, over I, there I, they do. Don't they hold cows in very high esteem? Like, like saying something for a cow is not like a diss. Yeah. Oh, I get. <laughs> wait, wait. This this is a, a cow dewormer. Then it's, it's gonna sacred. be. You know, I, I should be. I should be allowed to, to take it. Then this is great. It's good enough for them. It's good enough for me. Yes, I hold cows in high esteem as well. I have a ribeye. I've never heard of a cow getting COVID, man. It's the ivermectin. You know, I actually have. I actually have. Oh, I'm not kidding. Yeah. I actually <laughs> have a deer. Smartest deer cow in Michigan. Oh, no. I mean, they, this, they, they're, it actually is. They're testing it in. They, are, they did find it in a cow. They found it in some dogs. They found it in deer in Michigan to the point that now, you know, there was this group that, that started forming until the authorities came and said, no, 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 guys, put your guns down. No need to go hunt down all the deer in, in Michigan. Mm. You know, um, yeah, it's yeah, it's a it's a crazy disease. People, and I think that's a, the other part of it. You know, you're we're talking about how the right can over overblow the uh, the um, adverse reactions. Yeah. There's also the underplaying the realities of COVID. Listen, COVID nineteen is a real disease. It yes. is a legitimate disease. It is extremely risky for anybody over the age of seventy. Mm-hmm. Okay, it is. Okay, and I've known people. That are, you know, when it progresses, you know, once you get into, like, I've known people in their 20s who have gotten, and it's like, I didn't even know I, I had it. I've known right. people in their 30s that are, you know, it's kind of mixed there, depending on their level of health. I've known people in their 40s. It's like, man, this, this kicked my butt. Okay. And we saw Joe Rogan. He's like, he's like, I thought I was going to die for a day, but I took ivermectin. Yeah, he's 54, you know? So then you, you go up and, you know, and the one person that I personally know who died from COVID was in his 60s. Okay, I'm sorry. By the way, that I don't you know. Knew somebody who died of it. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah, it's sad. Um, old colleague, uh, uh, very sad scenario there because um, wasn't Phil Valentine, yeah. was it? Uh, no, no, um, no. This guy was, uh, you know, it, not only was he in his 60s, but he, he weighed probably about 360 pounds. So he was kind of an ideal candidate to not be able to survive it. Um, right. You know, but you're going up. So, so the statistics, and then you can look at the uh, the Stanford study that is quote unquote released, except you can't share it because Facebook will will fact check you on it. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious because you have two Stanford PhDs who have been doing this the same study. They're, they're studying for um, infection fatality rates uh, amongst the various age groups, and they've been doing this since last May. So they've been doing this on an ongoing basis. You know, publishing the reports. You can't you can't post their new reports. If you do, these these virologists, these experts from Stanford with PhDs, if you post their study that shows that anyone under 70 has a has a uh, uh, less than 1% chance of dying from COVID if they're infected, if you post that, Facebook will will replace it with a link to a fact check written mm-hmm. by a grad student who has no scientific background and it was written months ago. Mm-hmm. This is you what know, and I, I think it's got to be lower than one percent. 
Because oh, well, it is. Because one percent is pretty 1%. damn high. You're just using it, like locally. Let me be clear. So, so it's a. I think in sixty to sixty nine is like 054 percent. I say mm-hmm. less than one percent because we're you know we're talking about normies. Your audience, right. there's got to be some normies sure. out there. It's sure. like oh, one percent. You know, one percent does does is very very high. But I mean, you get a hundred million, million people numbers. get it, then a million people are going to die. All right. So so let's look at you know 054 percent for sixty to sixty nine. I think it was 027 percent from from 50 to 59, um, but then it drops okay. to below 0 percent. Mm-hmm. You know, once you get into the 40s, and then 0.001.0027. Yeah, that was right. 0.0027 uh, for uh, people under the age of 20. So for right. kids, for those under the age of 20, out of 100,000 people. As many, you know, approximately three, three kids would die. A hundred thousand infected people. We're not just talking about mass, you know, general population. We're saying you take a hundred thousand kids under the age of twenty, infect them with COVID nineteen, approximately three will die. Mm-hmm. And yet we're supposed to wear face masks. We're supposed they're supposed to wear right. face masks. They're supposed right. to get well and get injected. And, and- the counter argument you hear to that is, well, three is too many. It's like, all right, well, if three is too many, then how come we haven't been wearing masks for pneumonia? Because tw- over twice as many kids last year died of pneumonia without COVID than died of COVID. And how are pools I, still allowed in backyards? Shouldn't every yeah, pool be boarded up? Exactly. You know, I know that's, so, that's the, you know, cars, take cars off the road. Everybody has to get rid of their dogs. Right. You know, right. I mean, let's let's get real here, folks. This is why um, this is why we're supposed to have liberty because because in these situ in these situations there are no experts, and right. so the the idea that any group can mandate behavior out of another group in in a very um, confused situation or confused time, especially. I mean, I always I always am, am averse to that notion, but in, in especially in a confused time, it doesn't make any sense to me because, frankly, I mean. There, there are experts in virology and there are experts in statistics, data analysis and what, what have you. But there are not really that many experts in COVID-19. I mean, you can't really become an expert in anything, any one thing specifically in such a short period of time. It's, it's, new, it's a, sort of a new phenomenon. I guess there are COVID experts or no, uh, COVID mean, virus experts, but I don't know. It, the COVID has changed everything. It usually takes about three years to approve a vaccine. It only took them like four, four months. What? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. I keep forgetting. You don't have to apologize to me. You don't have to apologize. I knew the risks I was taking. I just took the risk, man. Call me reckless, not stupid. (laughs) There we go. Hey, hey, you know what? And that's that's. I'm all for informed consent. Okay, you know, I've got a doctor friend who he's in his seventies, so he's at risk. Um, his retired doctor. He was for for months. He would tell me I was wrong. You know, and we're talking about a guy. He's a conservative. Mm -hmm. He is, I would say, to some extent, a conspiracy theorist. And I really do believe. I hope he's not watching, because uh, <laughs> well, about to say something kind of mean. But I really do believe that the reason that he was opposed to, you know, fighting against these these drugs, these injections, was because he had taken it, and as a result, you know, it's kind of like, well, now I have to, I have to, uh, to debunk those who are saying that it's bad because if it's bad and I took it, then that would make me dumb or make me whatever, you know, I, I finally, I was like, look, you know, you took it because you made a calculated judgment. You, you re- right. he researched it, you know? And he said, look, if I was 50 and he told me if I was 50, I wouldn't have taken it. If I was 30. I definitely wouldn't have taken it. If I was 20, nobody better even come close to me with it, but I'm, I'm in my seventies. And so, yeah, I took it. You know, my yeah. parents, they both got COVID and then they got the vaccine. I'm like, what the hell are you thinking? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and the study just came out. I think it was from Israel, was it, that came out? Was it today? Or, uh, times. It was. It was three days ago, studies said, said um, natural immunity is 13 times more effective than, than the vaccines. And part of the study that nobody's talking about, though, is that that's, um, they're now finding that those who have natural immunity who did not take the vaccine have an actual, actually a less chance. Uh, so it's not like it's like if you have natural immunity and you add the vaccine that your chances get, get better. No, they actually get worse. Apparently, there's so, something in so the vaccine that inhibits natural immunity. Maybe we're talking about this a different study or maybe I misread it, but I thought that the the results of that study said that the highest immunity was found in those who had natural immunity and only one of the two Pfizer doses. Oh, right. right. So you're, you know, the same study, but you're talking. So, 
so you're talking about the uh, you probably did you read the story from Natural News or did you read it from um, um, the Epoch Times? I read the actual fucking study. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> like it, no, only the abstract and the conclusion, but I actually went to the study. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say, oh man, I am outmatching this one. If he's actually doing studies, I was through no, studies. No, no, yeah, no. I, was actually gonna... I, I, I went to the source, so I didn't read an article about okay, it. Okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so one of the articles, and I don't remember which one it was. One of the articles okay. said that um, you know part of the data that was not published within the study, for the sake of not wanting to concern people, um, because it, and also because it wasn't scientific. It wasn't. They didn't have an, enough of a um, sample of a sample of people who had not been vaccinated, mm. but the, it was, so it was considered anecdotal. It couldn't be considered scientific, but mm. that the, the people who were only vaccinated or so who were only had natural immunity and yeah. no vaccines demonstrated a, a higher resist resistance to COVID. Um, but again, not enough people to be able to show that. And you, you, um, I'll find you the article and send it to you yeah. because it's um it's eye opening, you know. Uh just like we've seen with with you know, one shot, two shot, three shots. They're pushing for now um three shots here. They've already had three shots in this Oh yeah, they're gonna make it an annual they're gonna make it part of the flu shot. They're probably just I don't making think it's the gonna be shot. annual. I really think it's gonna be quarterly, man. You know, you maybe got, at first. Well, I don't, I don't know how long. I mean, I think it'll. This isn't it, though. That's for sure. We agree there. Yeah. This well, I think it. it depends upon the variants. You know, first yeah. they were talking eight months, then six months. So ISIS six K months. Variant. The, well, so right now the six. Yeah, there we go. The six to eight. <laughs> Stop Too it. soon. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the six to eight month mark is not variant based. The six to eight month data is based upon. Um, the waning of the effectiveness of the right. of the original drugs. So, but the the variant aspect of it is what brings up to you know if we're so far, people are like, oh my gosh, there's so many variants. No, there's not. There's very limited variants compared to what uh, you know, viruses normally mutate much much faster than this one. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but this one is going relatively slow. It's at a pace that that we can keep up with. But here's the thing, you know, the the land of variant. I forgot which the there was a new one that's that just popped up. Oh, so much Greek. Uh, they're um, not even doing it in order. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they're really confused. It's like, wait a second. Have they looked at the Greek alphabet recently? <laughs> <laughs> the Omega variant? What? How's that going to be out? <laughs> Did I miss Epsilon? What happened to Epsilon? <laughs> Damn it. They were worried people weren't going to be able to spell it right. You know, I think I think my theory is that they have to name everything around this virus after a major corporation just to screw over the the, the PR. It's like it's first of all, it's the coronavirus. No oh, one buys corona for a year. Then it's a Delta variant. Nobody's getting Delta, nobody's getting on Delta Airlines right now. They're like, isn't this where that variant came from? <laughs> I'd be suing the CDC right now if I if I was uh, Delta Airlines. You skipped Epsilon, damn it. <laughs> Why? Why did you skip Somebody had a bad experience. Somebody at CBC had a bad experience. (laughs) We're going to call it Delta. We're going to call it Google. We should call it the Google variant next time. I swear to God. I wish wish there needs to be a Nike and a Disney variant as long as that happens. I'm okay. (laughs) Did you catch the Nike yet? (laughs) Sales plummet. It makes your your feet swell up. (laughs) Uh, So where were we, man? I'm sorry. I just got distracted. I was, we were talking about Disney villains. I mean, uh, the yeah. CDC, same thing. Yeah, no kidding. So, so, um, what do you like? I have a question for you. This is what I wanted to ask. What, how do you explain the phenomena that is the fact that the vaccines were really, initially at least, a very, very impressive accomplishment for the Trump administration? Right to get something optional available in such short order was totally unprecedented. You know, Trump was bragged about it, supported it. I don't think he's lying. I think he actually believes that you know what he did was great. All the supporters were, you know, seemed to be on board with his with his hyper, you know, with Operation Warp Speed. Then, as soon as Biden gets into office, and it may have happened before, I don't know. You, you might be a little bit more familiar with the zeitgeist, but it totally switched. Now all the Democrats pushing 
these vaccines that basically exist because of the leadership of the Trump administration. I know that Trump himself didn't do the research and make these vaccines, but he, he created the environment that was conducive to them existing. And all, yeah, all the leftists are, you know, are supporting the vaccines and then everybody on the right is like inverted. How did that happen? Like, I thought that the left would always only hate anything Trump did. <laughs> sure. Well, and so, okay. It's actually a very long question. So let's no, I'm start sorry. With... I, I wish I could have been a little bit more articulate and framed. No, 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 it's good. It's good. No, no, the question itself was was actually very good. I'm saying it's a. There's a lot to unpack there. Sure. The uh, you know first and foremost, there was no shift from you know when when Trump was pushing the vaccines. At least everybody that I know in my circles, everything that I was reading yeah. was still like, no, we we don't support it. We love we love Trump, but we wish he right. would stop pushing this you know it wasn't mm -hmm. there was less partisanship there it was just kind of like ah we understand okay fine but we're not going to take it so right you know, or or maybe we're going to take it or you know but we don't want as long as they don't don't start infringing on our rights you know as long as they, they focus on freedom and choice and all that stuff great i don't fine make your vaccines make make people happy you mm -hmm. know hopefully that'll that'll fix things and make it to where i don't have to wear my damn face mask anymore you know that right. was kind of the attitude there was no shift Okay. After he left and it became Biden's vaccine, there was no shift. People were still saying the same thing. But you're right. I see. The left, you've got Biden and and Harris. They're both all like, like, oh no, you know, Harris specifically said, I would not trust a vaccine put out by that man or whatever. You know, her countless her tweets. I've seen the screenshots yeah. from a year ago of people saying, yeah, that. exactly. You know, yeah. You know, there is. So I'm not. And keep in mind, I'm not suggesting by any means that the Republican Party or the conservatives or libertarians or anybody is not guilty of what I'm about to describe. But let's okay. get real here that on the far left, even on the on the you know left of center and within the Democratic Party, the narrative is determined by the need of that particular moment. You know, we see this with with my body, my choice, right. okay? my body, my right. choice. You know, it doesn't apply anymore. They, you will right. never it's, a, strate it's a strategic party. It's not a principle. They're party. opportunists. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, whatever, whatever the talking point du jour is, that's what we're going to say. And so, you know, what's again, the soup du jour? It's the huh? soup of the day. <laughs> Dumb and dumber. What's the soup du jour? It's the soup of the day. That sounds great. I'll have that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Every time I hear du jour, I just think of that soup dumb dumber. <laughs> See, and in, in, in this unpacking that I needed to be able to maintain all of my thoughts. You have to I'm so sorry, man. It's just my, now, it's all my of sudden, All of a sudden, all I can think of is, you know, you, you so you're saying there's everything. a chance. So you're <laughs> telling me there's a chance. Oh, gosh. Okay, so I, you, we were talking about how the Democratic Party is an opportunistic party, and they seem, yeah, they seem yeah. to flip-flop more than the right. Um, Which we could take right that and go into literally – we can go into literally any subject from that jumping point because it, it applies universally. But we were talking about you know the vaccine. So, yeah. so you know, was Trump misled? Yes. We, you know, I thought I thought you're going down the conspiratorial angle with this. Is how did they get the vaccines out that quickly? You know, we know they were actually prepared and ready to go before the even the election even happened. The only reason they held it off was so that they didn't want Trump to be able to say, "Oh, look, I got the vaccines out." You know, we know that it, it was conspicuous that they literally, you know, they're suddenly all of them become available and ready to go within a week and a half after the election. Coincidence? No, mm -hmm. it was it was planned out. But let's let's get into the real conspiracy here. Did it really China. take that China? Did it really just take months or was it being developed before? We already know that at least the delivery system, you know, mRNA technology has been, sure. been working on that since like 2004. Yeah. We also know that spike proteins have been, you know, in study for a long time. Was all of this pre? And I'm not saying suggesting you know, when I say conspiracy, and people are saying, "Oh, you mean that it's manufactured bioweapon that Fauci started, you know, envisioned in the '80s?" Um, no, I'm not saying that necessarily. But I will say that that uh, you know this wasn't a matter of okay, so let's start from scratch, let's examine this, let's go through the standard vaccine protocols and come up with a solution. What it was was, hey, it's a coronavirus, we got, let's get our coronavirus stuff together and, and it, uses, it uses spike protein, so we got this, and we got this mRNA technology, and we can do this. And then it's like, okay, here you go. The, you know, these weren't developed specifically for this. They were developed out of, you know, almost like a, an amalgamation of junk parts. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, let's take, right. we got like the, Skywalker's uh, pod racer in episode one. 
Nice, nice. Wow, these references, man. Go from Dumb and Dumber to Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, I grew up in the Midwest. They were only movies. <laughs> it's okay. We're in the Midwest. Bloomington, Illinois. Bloomington, Illinois. Okay. It's I don't a, know. I've been there. The only thing about Bloomington, Illinois that's Bloomington. Uh, memorable never, never is it's where, it's where Beer Nuts were founded, and it's also where State Farm Insurance was founded. Okay. Well, in that case, then, then it's a good place because I yeah, like Beer Nuts. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're okay. Yeah, they're good. are better than nuts. Another reference. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> my wife and I have been watching Mad Men for like the third time. It's it's my go-to show. Have you you probably don't have time for TV because you're a productive human being. I don't have but, time for TV, but I'm because I'm a productive human being. But here's the you want to hear something really odd? Yeah. I probably know more more uh, lines from Mad Men. Um. I did the the Cliff's Notes versions. Are you old enough to know what Cliff's Notes are? Yes, Cliff Notes okay. is not quite before my time. Yeah, okay. Well, was, I was shocked to find I'm out thirty. My son's twenty five, and I asked him, you know, is the Cliff's Notes version? He's like, what are Cliff's Notes? <laughs> Who the hell is Cliff? Nobody names their kid Cliff anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell is Steve Jobs? Um, <laughs> He's adopted. <laughs> <laughs> okay bring, bring it in bring come on come on let's, 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 yeah, let's yeah, yeah, yeah. tighten up um yeah. we didn't do a rehearsal uh, folks oh right right so i actually watched the entire um mad men series in one night using the cliff's notes versions um on on youtube it's got like takes every episode and breaks it down yeah. um and i so so point being is that yes i know that that, that don draper dies at the end and that dumbledore um, is actually a uh, using Harry. So right. You can use he's grooming, whatever. He's grooming. He's classic grooming behavior. <laughs> <laughs> what is happiness? He's happiness always giving him Christmas gifts, even though they're not related. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an invisibility cloak. We can hide in this, Harry. <laughs> ah, that it all comes centers around you. You know what is what? I mean. Yes. So Mad Men. Yeah. Don Draper, you were saying? Yeah, well there's there's Uts. there's nuts. Uts, yeah, nuts. there's an, there's an episode where they do an Uts commercial. And Uts yeah. are better than nuts. And we were talking about beer nuts and whether or not they were good. And we we're talking about the Midwest, Got you. which yeah, was an explanation of my knowledge of pop connect. culture. Yeah. Did not connect. Yes. No, I I um yeah, you know, Peggy. Peggy Olson. Yeah. What about Peggy Olson? Yeah, she's she's the uh, uh, Handmaid's Tale, and uh, they just yeah. uh, banned abortion in Texas, and now it's all Elizabeth Warren's hand, Handmaid's Tale. Uh, yeah, Elizabeth yeah. Olsen is at the center. Did you did you watch or read Handmaid's Tale? I did not, and I did not. So my wife and I watched the series, and it was really damn good. <laughs> I've heard. You know, my wife watched. The, I think the first two episodes. I was really reluctant to watch it because I thought it was going to be feminazi stuff, and they did a good enough job that I was able to get past that. Yeah, yeah. See, it is. I don't. You know, you'd mentioned because I'm too productive. I don't watch shows or movies generally speaking anymore because it just I can't see myself supporting people mm. who who hate me. You know, who actively work against me. You know, to not only spread a message but to who take their money money that I give them is then given to causes that I oppose, you know, and yeah. as much, you know, I'm not one that I'm not part of cancel culture. I don't say go out there and, and boycott Chipotle because they have, uh, they have, um, but it's just unconscionable to you personally, but I, I will not buy Chipotle. You know, my wife and daughter, they still order Chipotle and mm-hmm. I won't, you know, yeah. They, but so the problem I, with so that, man, the problem with that is like, I got a lot of friends that are, um, like in cybersecurity and, and, and intelligence, as well, not a lot. I have one friend in cybersecurity, and I have one friend who's in part of the intelligence community. And that's fifty percent of your friends, right? And having spoke, having having had spoken to them, having had spoken to them, I don't know. I would, if I read it, I would know which was right. Um, it seems to me that in the instance of security and privacy, if you have even one vulnerability, then the whole effort is moot. Right. So if you can't have airtight privacy and security measures for like what you do on the Internet or whatever, then you might as well not have any. Right. So, oh, the car was listening to me. Damn it. I knew I forgot something. And so it seems to me that the same principle can be transferred 
to what what you decide to support or not because we're, we're sort of running out of options of alternatives. Sure. I have to use Amazon, and I, I don't like the CCP. But I mean, everything in this room that I'm looking at right now was made in China. <laughs> yeah, and, no, and no. I could I could boycott Amazon or I could boycott China, but man, that would be a that would be a, a, an effort. Would... All I ask people to do is this: listen, you know, mm-hmm. you're you're right. It, it is a good comparison, but I don't think it, I think it's flawed because I think that we do, you know, we can still um, we can still cause pain. Okay. Yes. We can still cause pain by uh, properly and selectively boycotting. That doesn't yes. mean we have to be against, you know, again, boycott absolutists here. It means that we need to go beyond what's convenient. Okay. Yes. I did boycott Amazon for three weeks until yeah. I realized. I did Netflix for a month when they put out that kitty porn video. Yeah, I, um, cuties, yes. Yeah. We canceled Netflix. I haven't gone back. I but guess back. what? But they saw me. I on, they, they saw me on one month's metrics. <laughs> I just wanted the report to show how many losers, how many users you lost because of this damn movie. That's all I wanted. Yeah. See, I I, I went ahead and you know what? I'm I'm just done with Netflix. But I did. Here's the funny yeah. part. I did for the because I had to know if it was real, and I had to find out if if Kathleen Kennedy really is as bad and John Favreau is really is as good. I actually did did uh did one month of Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Yeah, and I did watch The Mandalorian with my wife. Did you um, think about pirating it so that they wouldn't make any money? I mean, that's see, illegal. then I get then I get the you know it's then you're a thief. Yeah, I mean, it is gets, it right it's, to steal it's, from Hitler? <laughs> it's, it's like you know, it, again, you know, we're getting into into minor morals here. It's like, oh, is my six ninety nine, you know, contributed to to uh, to killing babies? Yeah. I don't know, you yeah. know, but it it may have happened, may have not, but it did. And so the point I'm trying to make is that we can still be aggressive and selective with our, with how we spend our money. And we, if we do have viable alternatives, even if it's maybe a little bit more expensive, even if driving there might take an extra 10 or 15 minutes, I I guess what I'm saying is, you know, would I tell people to avoid an ice cream shop and drive an extra hour and a half to get to the other ice cream shop where, where they don't have masks? Or would I tell people just put on your mask for that period of time because this particular private business wants masks? No big deal, right? You know, don't. That's not a, a, a hill to die on. Okay, so that you know that's making a logical decision. I just think that people need to go beyond you know the whole. Well, I didn't went to this shop instead of the other shop because the other shop is is a four minutes extra drive. That's not acceptable to me. You know, I ate at Chipotle instead of wherever Wendy's or or, or you know Chick Fil A or something because. Because uh, you know, um, I was in more of a mood for Chick Fil or for for right. Chipotle. So, so what's your you beef know? with Chipotle, man? Because uh, Chipotle is probably my favorite restaurant, and I'm not familiar oh, I'm with so their sorry. politics. So just oh, no, no, like me. You can ruin it for oh, me. So, it's all right. Yeah, you no, know, it's okay. They're they're extraordinarily, extraordinarily into um, certain aspects of cultural Marxism, in particular um, LGBTQ supremacy. So they. They do have a whole lot of um, their their attachment to the transgender movement in particular is mm-hmm. is very very aggressive. You know they have uh, they have little promos they put out where you know you they'll do a day where if you you can buy the the I don't even know the name they have like these three three particular transgender divas who are who are uh, have burritos named after them only certain days of the of the year. And if you mm. buy those burritos, then a dollar goes to whatever, one of the, you know, the charities, uh, the Caitlin Jenner's campaign. Yeah, there you go. You know, and again, then, then let's be clear. This is where the libertarian, I mean, you know, somebody wants to be transgender. Great. I don't care. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah in the same way. I just don't want it pushed on, onto, onto my children. I don't want it promoted as superior. And I don't like the idea that, that a, a man, a man is, um, has to use the men's room. A woman has to use the women's room, but a transgender can use either. That you know, people say it's not that big a deal. No, that's supremacy. That's giving. Why can't it just be a right business? Why can't it just be exactly? You know, why can't people make that? Don't even get me started. We could go on a long. So time l- let me ask about you this: true then. personal choice. I, I want, and I want to be. I want to be conscientious of your time. So if you need to go, let me know. I know you're in a, you're sitting in an uncomfortable. I needed seat. to go half an hour ago. So so we <laughs> just, when you're going through hell, just keep going. So, so let me ask Winston you this: do, do you think Don Draper? 
same guy. Do you think that businesses should be able? Do you, do you think that a black-owned historical restaurant, say there's a say there's a restaurant in Memphis, Tennessee that's been selling the best fucking barbecue for a hundred years? I've been to. Do there. you think? Yes. Do you think that, that a black? Do you think that a black-owned restaurant should be able to deny service to a white person? No. Of course not. Legally. Legally. No, not legally. Again, so let's be clear. Mm-hmm. There are, you know, when you, you're right. There is a, there is There's a line a somewhere. choice. Well, right. I guess the, the line has to do with not necessarily the intentions of an, an individual action, but what are the repercussions of that action being used in other ways? Okay. Mm. Um, so in that particular instance, if let's say, you know, like you said, and this, you, you didn't have to use a hypothetical. We are seeing this today, not necessarily with businesses, but with like, you know, there was that, uh, I forget the college that said the rock was racist. So they spent money to get rid of that rock. Are, are you familiar with that? Like there the was rock, a rock, the human some, being, or there was a, there was no, no, a rock no. on the campus. <laughs> no, there was a, there was this rock, this historic <laughs> rock that was supposed to be racist. So the, the college had it removed. Um, which is irrelevant to the story, but that's the same college that has just had like a a uh, that ignorant it? igneous rock. <laughs> it was literally so they had a they they had and I didn't read the story. I only saw the headline earlier, but they had a um, a an event that was um, specifically dubbed as an all inclusive event, um, except for uh, white people. White people couldn't attend. Kind of this all inclusive event. Einstein. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we've got the, uh, in many ways there. Um, you know, there's, are going to, I have to preface this because if I say the line without it, without it being referenced, then it's a really bad line. All right, did you watch any of the Austin Powers movies? Yes, but it's been years. I've seen all of them. You saw, I think Michael Caine was in one of them. Maybe the last I can't one. I remember. I'm Michael Caine. Michael Bay, princess and princesses. <laughs> Gosh, so uh, uh, he, you know, there's a line in there where he's like, you know what? The only thing that I, the only two things that I can't stand are, are uh, you know, racial distinctions. Careful. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me banned, man. <laughs> <laughs> the, only is, the only two things I can't stand is uh, you know, racial inequality and the Dutch. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. And that's kind of what, you know, it's like, it's like, okay, you know, it's all inclusive except for white people. What? You know, so, so it should that be allowed? You know, um, I don't, I don't know, you know, should a business be allowed to do that? You know, then we go to the other side, you know, should an all black, an all black um, club only allow black members, you know, or Or an all all black university. What if there's a what if there's yeah. a historical black university and they only accept black kids? Right, it's not racist, right. you know. And and so does that extend? You know, does does at what point can we embrace cultural groupings without being racist? You know, and that's really that is a, a a serious question that we need to have answered because because it seems to be more and more legal heading in the opposite direction that it was in in the fifties and and sixties, but it still seems to be you know people are accepting it that we can do this discrimination. Let's see, we'll call it segregation. Uh, I don't want to say it's necessarily discriminatory because I think in some cases it's just not. I don't think the people were like, were who did that event I was telling you about at the college, I don't think they were sitting there thinking, you know, we have to hate on, on white people. They, I think that truly, at least in their hearts, or at least in their, their brains, they were thinking, you know, this is about inclusivity. This is about, about diversity. Raising so it awareness. Really is about, like, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it really is, you know, we, we really just shouldn't have white people there, you know? And so then again, it's, this made sense to them. So I think again, so to be clear, they didn't think it was discriminatory, but they, they knew it was, it was segregation. So mm-hmm. the question is, is segregation, is that acceptable in any way? You know, we've gone through for years saying no, 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 but maybe it is maybe in certain scenarios, maybe again, you know, like I said, with, um, you know, is it, would it be, um, uh, discriminatory if, um, you know, I, I started a, a Bible study group and an atheist, you know, wanted to, you know, apply for a job to be secretary of the group or something, or wanted to be, right. you know, want to sit in on the group. And it's a bad example because as a Christian, I would say, sure. Yeah. Come on in. <laughs> Listen, right. yeah, let me show you, right. what, show you what I'm talking about. Um, or more importantly, what he's talking about, but, but, uh, you know, you get the idea. 
is yeah i do well do you think I mean, do you think that ha- had the civil rights act not passed do you think that we'd still see restaurants that were racially segregated today do you think i mean it seems to me that the free market might have corrected that problem if it was just given a little bit more time maybe maybe not um i mean the schools thing obviously needed to be enforced but the yeah, private but, businesses thing is what i wonder about well and i mean it's not just not just a segregation of who can be there. It's segregation of, of who can sit where and who can mm-hmm. order what and who has to pay what. You know, mm-hmm. um, I let me put it this way. If I'm proud of the civil question, rights act, by the way, but I'm just curious as to you know, it's, sure, it's, it's funny to think about it in this context. If you'd asked me the same question two years ago, I would have said yes. The free market would have corrected it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what we've seen the free market do for the last two or three years. Doesn't give me as much hope. Where have you seen a free market? <laughs> Good point. <coughs> Please tell I'm me saying, where. Where I moved to Texas. To make this is the closest thing I could get. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at, least she, at least she can't get aborted. Um, yeah. The uh, you know you're right, but you're you're asking if the market itself can correct things, and I'm not sure if that power is is legitimate or if it's if it's earned anymore, you know, um, because I don't, I, I hate to say it. I don't trust the will of the, of the American people as much as I would have say even two or three years ago, Yes, because we are seeing that the, it is too easy to manipulate us. We as a people are, I would say m- more susceptible to manipulation than other countries, you know, where at least in say like communist China or North Korea, or Iran, they know they're being manipulated. They've mm-hmm. built their lives around this manipulation, and they they're okay with it. You know, are we worse off because we're supposed to be free and we allow the the manipulation to happen? I would say yes. I would say that we're no longer as free, and we've it's not that our freedoms have been taken away; it's that we've willfully given them up, and that's scary. Well, it's it scary. does seem it does seem to me that cultural consensus does have an impact on the market. And what I mean to say is when there's a certain critical mass of a market reached that has a consensus about even like a, like a moral principle or a political position that change. So for example, enough of Chipotle's consumers have a certain position on the transgender issue that it impacted the way they were doing business. I would say that Chipotle is actually responding to the market, not creating the market. And we see this a lot with like the critical race theory stuff that like the diversity, the diversity, equity and inclusion stuff that these businesses are doing. There's there's a certain level of, of consensus in the workforce among consumers that feel like they either need to mitigate liability or for PR purposes, they need to need to do these things. Right. And in the in the case of race, I believe that had they not made it illegal to segregate or discriminate based on race in a private business, had they let it just ride in time, it would have had a deep impact on the marketplace and it would be very hard to find restaurants that still did segregation, even if it was totally legal. Sure. No, I get, I, I agree. I see what you're saying. I'm you know, looking at it from the perspective of let's, I guess we're looking at timing. You know, you're looking at it from if, if, uh, you know, none of this happened in the 60s. I'm looking at it from, you know, let's say that's, uh, that the uh, um, basically segregation was legalized, you know, five years ago. Would it have already changed by now? Maybe, maybe not. You know, but I think you're right. I think that there's at least some power when it comes to to the obvious. But it's when we start to get into confusing topics like transgenderism, like mm-hmm. like a critical race theory, you know, going woke, so to speak. Does that mm-hmm. is that going to be uh, – We've seen businesses making the wrong decision when it comes to such things um, mm-hmm. and have suffered as a result, you know, because they think they're doing the will of the people. But it turns out that, you know, the, the fans for, say, the NFL, um, they're just not they're not there anymore. Are they going to come back? Maybe, maybe not. But I don't think they will unless the NFL makes changes. You know, it's not just about the vaccines. It's not just about the mandates. It's about their embrace of, you know, the uh, the Black National Anthem, for example, you know, to coincide with the actual National Anthem. That doesn't make any sense. 
you know now if they said you know we're going to play the black national anthem the hispanic national anthem the white national anthem the native american national anthem you know why specifically one why that doesn't make sense to me mm-hmm. you know and is are we supposed to uh, no i'm not going to go down that road that one is going to be a very long conversation <laughs> so um i could talk to you for hours where can people find you uh, they can't i try to stay very hidden um i don't What's have your social security account. number I don't have uh, – no, they can find me in California, small place, you know, unless, unless Gavin Newsom gets uh, gets the same office, in which case we're leaving. I'm not kidding. <laughs> More breaking news. Rutgers leaving California if Newsom stays. <laughs> Suddenly he wins in a landslide. Do you no, live down the road um, from Dornick? Uh, yes, I do. Um, Very cool. Great guy. Uh, probably, you know, we've we've been working together, business partners for a year and a half. We've never met. The, I don't know if you've heard the story. Well, you probably I haven't. haven't. Actually, you de- definitely haven't. Um, we were supposed to meet. We had we'd been talking on the phone for a few days. Decided to to put a business together. We were supposed to meet on the day the very first California lockdown was March fifteenth. How did you know? Yeah, I did. I was in. I lived in California. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I lived That's in North Carolina. Really yes, I was it in, was. I was in Laguna Niguel. The Ides of March, man. I'll never forget it. You were in Laguna Niguel last year. I used to live in Laguna Niguel. Yeah, I was there last year until That's August. so weird. I lived on Castle Road. I lived off of Golden Lantern. I My daughter went to – one of my daughters went to school close to there. How weird. This is – there's all sorts of freaky. Now I definitely yeah, right, 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 right next to Chaparrosa Park. There is a school there, an elementary school. I don't know if that's the no, this was a. It was a, she went to. It wasn't off of uh, Golden Lantern. It was down the block from there, actually. But, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, she went to the uh, to the CVCS private school there. Is that the one yeah. that they? Is that the school that they made out, out of the old insane asylum? That's or is, that's the one on PCH that I'm talking about. Yeah, that one, uh, I didn't know. I probably should have. If that's the case, I'm bad dad because I did not check that out. Okay. Wow. And I just outed myself. My daughter actually watched these things too. So her, um, her boyfriend is probably ripping on me now because he's very, very far to the left. <laughs> he didn't even know that he sent you to an insane asylum. But, um, but dad, how can you listen to anything he says about vaccines? Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, they can find me at Twitter, uh, Jamie mm. Rucker. Uh, they can find me at noqreport.com. They can rewind this video and listen to all the 9, 10, 12 various sites that I'm involved with. Uh, but yeah, easiest way is freedomfirstnetwork.com, knockreport.com, or at JD Rucker on Twitter. Yeah, gavin2024.com. Got it. Thank yep. you so much for there coming on. I really appreciate having you. Uh, stand by for a second, and I will end the stream.